welcome to the Soccer Camp. It's time to break down the barriers. A show dedicated to creativity, adaptations, and purpose. Stupendous! The greatest moment I've seen in Premier League football. Real coaches. Real talk. Unbelievable! Real growth. Now, welcome your host, Roberto O.B. Hernandez. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Soccer Cap. Another great episode, another great guest. Today, we're bringing you another player's view. You know, we like to talk a lot about the coaches, but a lot of times we got to understand the player side of the uh, of the game and how they view everything. So we're bringing you Jason Ramos, who's currently a professional player for Chattanooga Red Wolves and uh, also played collegiately at Cal Poly Pomona. But Jason, why don't you go and say what's up to everybody? Uh, how's it going, everybody? Yeah. Before everything, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Bobby. Thank you for having me on here. And anytime you want to chat, have a quick talk, I'm, I'm always up for it. So thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Awesome. And uh, Jason, you know, just like any other professional, has a long day of training. Um, you know, they're they're rounding down right now. He had treatment. He had to take care of his body. So bear with him a little bit. But thanks again, Jason. Well, you know, just getting into it, Jason, can you give the listeners a brief, you know, background of where you grew up and how you got involved in the beautiful game? Yeah, of course. Um, so I grew up, I'm from, I'm from Southern California. Uh, I was actually born in the state of Washington, but a couple of months old, I, uh, me and my family moved to uh, LA, Los Angeles, California. And, uh, I mean, that's a city where there's a lot of, it's a multi, multi-racial uh, city. There's a lot of different cultures there. And it's, uh, it's pretty easy to, to fall in love with the beautiful game, you know, there's just around the corner, there's a, there's a park um, just around, I mean, outside, outside of my house, there's kids playing, easy to join, you know, um, I was always, I was always um, involved in soccer because my family, my dad, my, my cousins, my uncles, they all play, so I guess it's in my blood, it's in, it runs in the family, and it was just easy to pick up, you know. Yeah, that's pretty awesome to hear because we hear about, you know, in many of the other countries that that's how everybody gets involved in the game, that it's basically easy. It's accessible. Everyone's playing all the time. And that's great to hear that in Los Angeles, uh, where you grew up, that was kind of the case with you. So you got to play a lot of pickup games and, uh, you know, like most of us, it is a family sport and that's what we love about it. So that's pretty cool. So at what age did you first get involved with a, you know, Sunday league team or a club team? Yeah, so at three and a half years old, uh, my dad and my mom, I mean, they had already uh, brought me into a team, a Sunday league team. And I mean, since then, I mean, I haven't stopped. So it all started at three and a half. And I'm still I'm still loving it right now, loving what I'm doing and just every day learning, learning something new about the beautiful game. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. Um, kind of talking about your development as a player. In your opinion, what has been the biggest piece in that, you know, step to the professional realm? Was it um, a specific coach along the way? Was it playing for a specific club that was in, you know, a certain type of league? Or or what what piece do you believe was your biggest part of your development? Uh, probably, probably freshman year of college is when uh, I had to move out, well, move out, get out of my comfort, comfort zone. Uh, I played at Peninsula College for one year out in the state of Washington in Port Angeles. Um, I had to get out of my comfort zone, meet new people, get out of my little circle, you know, play somewhere 
somewhere outside of home. Um, that's probably when I met. That's when I met Coach Kell. He's at UC Irvine right now. Um, but he's the one that recruited me straight out of high school uh, to go play over there to Peninsula College. And uh, thanks to him, thanks to Kell, I he changed the perspective. He he changed my perspective and the way I view soccer. And that's probably when I started seeing the the sport of soccer in a different way. And that's probably when I started to fall even more in love with it. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Kel's obviously a great person, great coach. It's kind of interesting that a lot of people here in the States, you know, we, uh, well, a lot of people have a negative persona of college soccer, right? And being able to go from college soccer to the professional realm. But obviously you did it. And it seems that being in that college environment is actually what made you, you know, turn the switch and flick it on about hey, we're going to, you know, take this serious. We're going to make it to the uh, professional realm. So it's kind of interesting in your, you know, journey, college soccer was a, an important start, uh, step along the way. And maybe without college soccer, maybe you're not at the pro game. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, for me, being a pro soccer player was always something I wanted to do since I could last remember. I mean, soccer's all, I mean, I told you three and a half is when I started. So it's been over 18 years that I've been playing. It's been about 18 years that I've been playing, so um, I I think I was fortunate to have some great coaches uh, along my career. I didn't really play in the biggest clubs, the best clubs when I was younger in my youth age, but like I told you, uh, freshman year from college, and then from freshman year to senior year, I mean, that's when my my game changed a lot. Freshman year, I had Kale, a good coach. Sophomore year, I played at Mount Sac, uh, a bunch of great coaches there. Uh, Junior year, transferred right over the hill from Mount Sac to Cal Poly Pomona, and uh, I got the chance to play for Adam Reeves. He believed in me, brought me in. Unfortunately, he had to lead to, uh, good for him, he had to lead to University of the Pacific uh, the following year for my senior year. But senior year, I was even, I was blessed even more with, with uh, they, they ended up bringing in uh, Matthew Sullivan. He, he came from UC Irvine, and and that's another great coach. So four years uh, with great coaches, I had nothing but uh, good experiences with them. And I think every year, every college year, my game picked up a lot. I learned a lot. And like I told you, I, was, I feel blessed to have all those, all those coaches throughout the years. And that's probably what changed, changed my game and changed the way I view, the way I view soccer. It's definitely a unique experience having four coaches in four years, right? Having to get used to each single one, their different style of play and their personality. Do you think, you know, for players listening and coaches listening and clubs, do you think it's a good process to switch up coaches? Maybe not every year, but every couple of years. And so that way the players understand, you know, different coaching styles and different playing philosophies and coaching philosophies. Uh, I mean, a change is always good. I mean, Honestly, it's for me, it's the way you look at things. Uh, it could have been easy for me to say, damn, I had to start over, a new coach. Uh, I, had to start, I had to start over again. That means that every player on the team, every player in the locker room, they get a new chance. They get a fresh start. I, I, could, have thought of, I could have thought of it that way, but the way I thought of it was a new year, a new coach. There's new things to learn, you know? So that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the way I had to look at it. So every year I was excited to get to meet the new coach and get to meet. Um, I was excited to um, to begin learning um, from that new coach. And that's just the way I looked at it. So, I mean, 
I think it's all it's all about perspective, and if I the way I put the way I put things into perspective, I I feel like that helped me out, it helped me out the most. Yeah, having that professional mindset and kind of, like you just said, viewing things as a opportunity rather than you know a problem in the way. So I I really like that. And I know you said growing up you didn't get to play with you know these top level clubs, and obviously we say top with a quote because sometimes they're not really the top level but there's a lot of great kids like yourself that are playing in these what they call lower level clubs but have the talent to be able to play at the professional level so to those kids listening uh, or or coaches that are coaching at that level what advice do you give them to kind of help them get recruited how did you get recruited to peninsula college and then how did you get connected to chattanooga uh, red wolves yeah so uh, some advice I could probably have is, I mean, it doesn't really matter where you play. I mean, uh, you could come. There's there's players that are playing pro right now with me that played NAIA. I played D2, and then there's D1 players that didn't make it out. You know, so it doesn't really matter where you play. It's it's all about the process. All about all about how you develop individually each year, and if you maximize if you maximize that that talent through the years. Um, that's that's all that it comes down to it comes down to yourself you know i never like to blame other people for things that i'm going through right now so i always like i always like to blame everything on myself so uh, let's say like i didn't have the, the opportunity when i was younger uh i felt like my opportunity was my my opportunity was going to come eventually so i had to work back then for that opportunity to show up and it did um right now i'm i'm playing at the professional level and Obviously, it's not where I want to stop, but um, like I told you earlier, it's all about putting things into perspective and the way you look at things. But back to your question of how I got to put into the college, um, I got recruited out of high school. I played at Montebello High School, uh, the city I'm from. Um, it was probably my senior year. I had a tournament, I think, at least on Miguel tournament, something like that. Um, I guess Kale from Peninsula College was there watching. Uh, I knew this after he told me he was only there for like 20 minutes and with those 20 minutes I guess he's seen enough and he he got the name of my school down and he got my some of my information from from I guess the coach or someone else and later on that week he contacted me and and he ended up reaching out and it's a funny story actually like I didn't really I didn't really see myself going to Washington uh, I was still close-minded back then I was in high school I didn't really see myself getting out of getting out of that getting out of my circle my comfort zone I didn't really want to move out I would tell myself uh what am I going to do in Washington like I don't know anybody out there I don't know what's out there like I didn't really want to I didn't want to experience um like uh getting out getting getting out like of my of my circle in a way. and I just the coach would actually text me probably like every day, like a couple of weeks until he ended up like reaching out to one of my, actually my, my club coach, he ended up reaching out to him. And he was like, am I wasting my time on Jason? Because he doesn't reply to me. Should I, should I stop reaching out? Because I think he is very talented and he could help us out a lot. And I was like, that's when my club coach ended up talking to my dad. And that's when my dad ended up telling me and, my dad wrote me a new one and he ended up making me realize he ended up making me realize um 
like the bigger picture of everything. He ended up, he heard me a new one at the moment, but later on I realized that it was for the better. And he ended up, in a way, convincing me that uh, getting away, uh, meeting new people, getting out of my circle was probably the best for me. And if I wanted to do something later on in the future with the, uh, within soccer still, that was probably my best my best route. And I just want to thank my, my dad for that because if my dad wouldn't have written me a new one, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now. Yeah, that's so awesome. That's kind of the run through of the way I got recruited to Peninsula College. Yeah, that's awesome. You got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Because when we're in our comfort zone, we don't really grow as much. And uh, I agree with that. Getting outside of the comfort zone, getting out there, getting to know people, getting, you know, for you, the first time moving away from your parents and um, must have been a great experience and uh, help you grow not not only as a soccer player, but um, as a person. So that that's good that your your dad gave you that, we'll say it, advice, you know, uh, to, to take yeah. it. So uh, that's great. And one thing I wanted to kind of mention is, you never know who's watching, right? You never know who's at your games, at your practices. Because, for example, if you weren't, you know, working your hardest, which I know you do in every single time, but if you weren't working your hardest or, for example, you were being a bad teammate on the field, who knows if Kel, you know, recruits you? What about if you get a red card for bad-mouthing the ref or something like that, right? There's been many colleges that see that happen and now they don't want to recruit that kid. Or they see you through, um, I don't know, through the warm-ups, you know, and they're you're not taking the warm up seriously. You're goofing off the entire time. Now coaches see that and they say, "Is this player a whole package? Do they want to do it?" So I think the importance of your story is you never know who's watching. Always grind, and like they say, right, do everything as if no one's watching, so that way when people are watching, it's the same thing, dude. So I, I really like that uh, that that part of your story, Jason. Um, I know there's many different things along the way that can get in the way of uh, college recruitment or playing at the pros. But one thing you did, and I'm pretty sure a lot of pros do, is training on your own. And for the players that are listening uh, or coaches that are listening, what can players do uh, that you found effective by themselves outside of the training pitch, you know, when no coaches are around or even teammates? Uh, well, for, for me, first of all, it was probably like uh, preparing during the offseason. Uh, it's probably like a big, a big saying is um, – you fail to prepare, just prepare to fail because if you don't do if you don't do the correct things during the off season, when you come into season, it's only gonna get tough. That's when injuries could come into play and and you don't wanna be left behind, you know. You always wanna be in that in that eighteen man roster for game day and you always wanna travel, you know, you wanna be that guy that's left out. So if you do the right things during the off season and you come in prepared, like things should be you should, you should be fine, you know. But players always know when we're soccer players, you know. I mean, if you don't, if you go, out, if you go a day without touching the ball, or, or you you don't, if you go out a day without training, then that's just a day that, that you have lost. You know, that's the way I like to think of it. And if you put it in that perspective, like, you kind of, you kind of feel bad if you do miss a day. You know, like, there's gonna be times that you you do you can't train the day like a certain day, and and that's at that certain moment you will feel that way. Like, you're basically putting like putting yourself on the spot you know like you got to keep it you got you got to hold yourself accountable so probably for me i mean i would get a lot of touches on the ball almost every day i'll get a friend um i would usually go with another college college teammate another like a regular friend or uh, i usually do double sessions too like in the morning i'll get my touches i'll get my fitness in then i'll hit the gym and then later at night i'll usually play pickup like a lot of pickup a lot of pickup 
just get more touches, more touches on the ball. Like it's always got to play, you know. So that's probably what I would do. And now that I was, now that I'm at the professional level, like what you do outside of the field is very important. So uh, something I started doing last year as a as a rookie, my first professional year, I mean, I started I started doing a lot of stretching, a lot of yoga, and I feel like that's helped me keep my body right throughout the whole season because it's a long season and you gotta do the right things outside of the field so your body can feel right and I feel like that stretching has helped me a lot in in my career so far and that's a difference between like the whole pro lifestyle right you know you mentioned yoga you mentioned uh, dieting do you wish you would have known that as a younger player you know taking all that dieting and stretching and the lifestyle outside of soccer rather than just on the field you know if you can let anybody know in your college days did you you know treat your diet as well as you did or as well as you are doing now uh of course not i mean now that i now that i now that i have soccer like as a as a career i mean it's easier to see it's easy, it's easier to see what you need you know and what you need to do to to perform better to train better every day so uh, I wish I would have known all these things before. I wish I would have uh, had all these references that I have now. Like, I got—I mean, I got into all these things because of other players. I had to ask, you know. No one's gonna come and tell tell anybody what what to do. But um, I was curious uh, last year as a first professional year. I was very curious, and there's a lot of guys on the team last year that had a lot of experience playing in the professional level for over five years, and uh, I just got into contact with them and I asked them. I asked them a couple questions like, "Oh, um, why? What has what has uh, made your career so long, or well, why have you had a good career?" And that's when they brought up all those things like uh, doing the little extra after practice, doing a little extra on the off days, um, stretching, doing things like that. So um, that's probably that's probably how I learned um, how to do all those all those extra stuff, you know, all that extra training, all that stuff. Yeah, asking asking people who have done it uh, before you—that's good. So, what is the biggest shock? I know you mentioned you played uh, NCAA Division Two and at a good program in a good conference. What was the biggest shock between you know being a college athlete versus the pro game? You can talk about. I know you mentioned a little bit about the lifestyle, but in terms of playing uh, level, what was the biggest shock? I wouldn't say like a shock. I mean. There's just not really any easy games. Um, every game that you play is 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 a tough battle, you know. Like there's no easy team, there's no easy game. You know, you can't go into any game thinking that oh we're gonna beat this team easily three four zero. No, like every every player has has talented players, and there's always a team that that can hurt you. You know, like if you make a mistake, it's they'll punish you here. You know, it's not. It's not college, it's not high school, you know, where you can make all mistakes and get away with it. Here, if you make a mistake, make two mistakes, it's a goal. It's two goals, you know, and you're down 2-0 now, and you're down in the game. Um, but other than that, probably probably the training. I mean, I already knew it in college. I got that mindset in college starting freshman year that, I mean, your spots won in training, not in, not in the games, but it gets even tougher during uh, at the professional level, you know. There's a lot more players. There's at least two, three players in your same in your same position. So 
if you mess up, if you miss a day of practice, if you're if you're sick, if anything, you know, anything goes wrong, you you're doing you're having a bad day, there's always someone that's gonna come in and and try to take that spot, you know. So if it's tough at the college level, it's even tougher it's even tougher at the professional level. You just always gotta be on your toes because you're you're fighting for a contract now. You're not you're not playing just for for fun or you're playing you're playing you're competing with someone that's trying to get food on the table for the family, you know? You're playing with you're playing with players that are like oh I'm 30 years old rather than 18, 19 year olds, you know? So now you're messing with people's actual lives. So like it's a little more serious for other people, you know? Yeah, I get you. That's probably definitely the biggest change, you know, of, like you said, everyone's doing it as a livelihood rather than, you know, whether a means to get through school or just playing, at, uh, you know, at a competitive level just for fun. So I think that's one of the biggest things, uh, the differences I noticed as well. Could you describe what a typical day for a professional looks like? You know, how, like you, you mentioned earlier before we hopped on this call, um, what time you had to wake up, how long trainings are, and everything that you have to go through? Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going through how I had, uh, how my how my day went today. So uh, today, usually Wednesday, Thursdays are, are tough days for us uh, at training. So we usually train at 9 these days. Um, we got to be there at 8, an hour earlier. Um, so I got to wake up like at uh, 7, around 7, just... I wake up, make myself a smoothie, uh, do a little stretch. Um, then I literally walk to practice because our stadium is like uh, five minutes walking from, from our house, which is convenient for us. I walk to training, get to the locker room. Uh, everybody's there, listen to, the, like, listen to music while we wait for, the, wait for the coach to come in, give us our pre-training talk. Uh, come in, have our training, done with our training. Usually uh, at the beginning of the week, I like to I like to get my ice baths in, at least probably usually like on a Monday or Tuesday, I get my ice baths in. Um, Fridays, I, I contrast, I do ice bath and then a hot bath because the next day is a game and it helps me relax my muscles. So that's usually what I do after trainings. Um, after that, come home, uh, have my protein shake, get a meal in, then just relax, relax, probably like a couple hours, have a little snack, and later at night, just have some dinner, and then usually after dinner, uh, I try to get my yoga session in, like a 30-minute yoga session that I've been doing since last year, and, and other than that, I mean, just get some rest ready for the next day if you're training again. It's kind of repetitive, you know, kind of kind of have like a routine, try to squeeze in some, some stuff here and there, you know, sometimes try to get a little hike in or uh, just some like fun stuff with your friends. But sometimes it's tough, you know, because you gotta be so, you gotta be so strict on, on your daily routine because sometimes like any little thing you miss or any little thing you don't do, like you just feel like it could mess up um, your next day. It could mess up the way you're feeling for the next day, you know? So that's basically a little run through of what I do usually on a daily basis. And I, I like that you mentioned a lot of what you do outside of the field, right? It takes a lot to get your body prepared for to play at that type of level and that type of intensity. And I know you mentioned it briefly, but in your opinion, what's kind of been the 
hardest thing about being a professional soccer player? The toughest thing. Mm, probably the toughest thing was, I mean, for me, it was last year, you know. Last year was a lot tougher than this year for me. I mean, I was straight out of college. And like I said, there was players that I was playing with, that I was sharing the locker room with, that were way more experienced with me. And there was times where I felt like I wanted to say something or I wanted to uh, give give my opinion on what I thought, um, on something I, that I thought could have improved the training session or that we could improve as a team. And there's times where those experienced players or those players that have been around don't really – don't really it's not that they don't respect you but they just they're like come on it's your first professional year like what why are you saying anything or what are you talking about so it probably has to be a little bit with that um other than that probably like winning winning my spot you know it took me it took me probably all all off season i mean all preseason to to win my spot i never started one game uh, all preseason last year so it took me a while and um I was always, I was always ready. I felt like I was always, uh, I was learning every day. You know, I was doing, I was doing the right things, and I felt like my opportunity was gonna come. You know, and yeah, eventually, I didn't start any preseason games, but um, the first game of the season, I ended up starting. So that's probably that was probably the toughest thing, you know, just uh, winning your spot. You know, getting in that in that starting eleven, and and yeah. Yeah, I've seen a, a lot of uh, I've only seen a couple games, but I've seen a lot of the lineups that roll out since I follow the uh, Red Wolves on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And maybe not this season, but I did see, you know, last season you were moved around position from position a little bit. You know, whether you're playing center back, playing on the uh, right back. Um, I think at one time I saw you lined up in the, in the center mid. So how important is it to you to be able to roll with that, you know, different tactics that are rolled out uh, by the coach, being able to under and being able to understand each and every position. So kind of paying attention at practice, even when it doesn't refer to your specific position, because you might end up there. Yes. I mean, it's just being awake, being aware, you know, like being involved in every training session, because you never know when your name could be called up, but uh like the season is crazy you know like a lot of things that happen during season like last year it was there was covid you know so let's say someone a player had a covid at the right back spot and he couldn't play the next game you know and sometimes since we lived together uh let's say the right back was rooming with like the center back or something so that that leaves the right back and the center back out for the next game so someone else has to step in so it's just important to know to to be tactically aware of uh, of every role of every position, you know, like of of what everybody of what you got to do, you know, in every position because you never know when your name could be called up uh, to fill in that spot, and that's what I had to deal with last year. Um, right back, the right back from last year had COVID and they needed a right back and they put me in as right back. I mean, it was a new position for me, and I feel like I I handled it well. I did my job and. And that just opens up more opportunities for me, you know. Uh, if I do, I do, I did the right thing. So now that the coach knows that he could trust me and he could, he could play me, not only there. Now he knows that he probably put me in any other position. So like this year, uh, I started playing as a six because our six came in injured uh, during the during preseason and we didn't have a six. So the first 
three, four games, I ended up starting as a six when my actual position is a center back. And the six has, he's back now and I'm back at the center back spot, you know? So it's just always being ready, being involved in training and just being, just being aware of, of, of that anything can happen, you know? Anything could go wrong at some point and you just got to be able to step in and step up, you know? Yeah, the ability to do it and then the willingness to do it, right? I think a lot of times younger players when, you know, I've seen as a coach, you're asked a right back to play a right wing, they kind of throw a fit or a right wing to throw, uh, play right back. But I think, you know, that's a professional mindset that you're talking about, the willingness to do it. Hey, this is what the team needs. This is what you need, coach. Let's do it um, and, you know, make adjustments as we go. And kind of speaking on that topic, how much – time do you spend you know watching tape watching uh video to understand the team tactics and understand what the other team is trying to do as well uh usually i mean i'm the type of player to i mean i like to um i like to reflect a lot on how i do every day at training and how i do after the games you know so i always take some time right after training to think if i could have done more if i, if I actually gave my everything and if I didn't, like, I know right away, you know? I mean, usually after every game, I try to I try to watch it right away that same night. And I usually watch it at least twice, at least twice, because the first time, usually you miss a couple things. But the second time, you start seeing specific things like body positioning, um, the touches you kind of take, like you're probably taking a heavier touch, a, a touch with your left foot instead of, instead of with your right, stuff like that, you know? So I try to watch it at least two times to to start picking up more things that I didn't see the first time. And um, let's say, well, this Saturday we play against Greenville. Um, they had a game actually yesterday. So uh, me and a couple of other guys from the team, we got together and we watched watched the game. We watched their game, the one that they had yesterday. And we just started seeing the players we're going to go against, you know, because it's always good to know ahead of time the the other players' abilities and the player you're going to go up against. You got, it's, it's always good to see the best things, like their best qualities, and it's good to know, you know. So uh, I do watch quite a bit of film like, after my games and before before I, I face the other teams. So that's something I feel like it plays a big part in, in the game, especially now that it's uh, it's my job, you can say. Yeah, no, that's definitely important, uh, being able to understand the players' tendencies on what they do um, in certain situations so you know how to react to that. That's awesome, Jason. Um, one aspect that I wanted to kind of cover, I know we've touched on it briefly before, but what, in your opinion, um, you know, college, club, and professional, what type of training has helped you grow the most? Has it been technical training, small-sided games, uh, large-sided scrimmages. What has been your, I guess we can ask, what has been your favorite aspect? And then what type of those uh, trainings do you feel has helped you grow more as a player? Yeah. Uh, well, probably my favorite is uh, the, the technical aspect of the game because, I mean, I, I consider myself a technical player that, I, that likes the ball. So I like to get a lot of touches on the ball and I like to play, you know, so. Uh, probably small sided. Uh, I, I'm, I'm probably I consider myself really competitive. I like to win. I consider myself a winner. So probably small sided games, any or any activity, honestly, any activity do at training. I just try to win at everything because 
if you're not trying to win, then what are you doing, you know? Like, that's how I see it. And probably the one that's helped me the most is probably tactically. Because, uh, like I said, I never, I didn't play at the, at the best clubs, you could say, when I was younger. So I didn't have those coaches that were very, um, that were very, well, I didn't really have those coaches that, that touched on tactics probably at all. We just went out there and played, you know. Uh, so probably the tactical sessions, which usually come after training uh, individually with the coaches or, or with assistant coaches, um, that's probably where I ended up learning the most. And it's outside of the field. But like I told you, my favorite is probably anything we do in training and anything that, that involves competition because I like to win. But I probably learn the most outside of the field, uh, just having conversations with the coaches and just asking Tanya about soccer. So that's probably where I, where I advanced a lot in my game. I know you mentioned that you weren't introduced so too many tactics, you know, in the youth game. But if you can go back and talk to any youth coaches right now that are in the game, at what age do you believe coaches should introduce the tactics? Because I think a lot of times we get too many coaches that try to play like Pep Guardiola at the 7v7 level, right? But yeah. at what age would you have wanted in, uh, tactics introduced? And how much time would you have wanted? Would you have wanted, you know, 20 minutes at practice, uh, 20 minutes after, or maybe an hour on Zoom session or something like that? Yeah, probably, I mean, probably 11, 12 years old would have been good. I mean, it doesn't have to be like specific tactics. It's probably like body positioning, uh, being on a half turn, turning your hips. Uh, I feel like, Coaches probably do teach that, like at that age now. Um, it was probably just the situation I was I was put in. Um, like I told you, I never I never played at like an academy or anything like that. I played just like regular club. So, yeah, I just probably like thirty minutes is probably enough. You know, you don't need that much time. It's just the idea, the concept to get in your head. You know, so if you hear it as a player, if you hear it at a young age, like you're you're most likely going to get the hang of it eventually, you know? Yeah. So it's probably, probably the sooner the better. So I wish I would have had that earlier in my, in, in my soccer career, but um, I can't cry about it now, you know? Uh, I can only, I could just work on, work on being better every day for myself now in and off the field. And that's, that's how I got to focus on right now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and what I want to kind of mention to anybody that's listening is have your players watch the game as much as possible. And I know a lot of times, you know, there's a difference between watching for enjoyment and watching analyzing. And don't get me wrong, you got to watch for enjoyment as well. We got to make sure we're still in love with the game. But the resources that are available to young players nowadays are unbelievable. It's YouTube. There's so many. I mean, there's not always great videos but there's a lot of great videos on there you can look up you know how to play like a uh how to be a good center back and there's going to be some good breakdowns you know videos breaking down you know Sergio Ramos uh Piquet Van Dyke, all these type of players so I think it's good for these players to take advantage and start introducing themselves to the tactics because like you just heard Jason say is there's a lot of tactics at the professional level and you got to be able to understand them and um and I think the biggest difference between you know a good player and a, and a pro player is the soccer IQ. Many times we see 
you know, playing Sunday League, you see a lot of great players out there that are technical, can hit the ball, can curve the ball, but yet they're not at the professional level. It could be different circumstances, but a lot of times it's a soccer IQ to be able to execute those skill moves. And kind of couple last questions, Jason. Um, what are you, I know you mentioned before, you're at the USL League One level right now, and you said that's not the end goal. What are your goal and aspirations, and how do you plan on reaching them? Yeah, I mean, obviously, for me, I always shoot high. I like to shoot high. So, eventually, I'd like to play outside of the U.S. Um, I would like to play in Europe, you know. Uh, I'm 22 years old right now. Maybe to some people, that's maybe too old already. But um, in my head, I have – I don't want to say I have time. Uh, it's probably not the, It's probably not a good way to put it. I don't like to think that I have time. Um but I know that eventually I could reach that level. I don't know if I, I'll probably have to go through MLS first and then get out of get out of MLS to go to Europe. But um, that's that's where my head is at. I mean, I always have those in the back of my head. I always have those thoughts in the back of my head. Um, but for me now, I'm, I'm focused on on this year. I got if I do if I do great this year, then that'll open up a lot of opportunities for me after this year. So I can't get too caught up on what's going to happen later. I like to uh, focus more on what's going on right now in my life and what's going on right now in my soccer career. And right now I'm at the Chattanooga Redwoods, and I'm happy to be here. So uh, I'm just trying to win a championship here, you know. If if I get that opportunity, if that comes up, I'm sure I'm sure a lot of a lot of doors will open for me. And that's just the mindset that I have, you know. Um, Obviously, I want to keep playing. I want to have a long career. I play play at the highest level as many years as I can, and um, this is just this is just a start for me. It's already my second pro year uh, at the USL one level, and I don't have one doubt in myself that I could play at a higher level, and that's what that's what fuels me, you know. Because like I told you, like I've repeated uh, numerous times in this podcast, I didn't have I didn't have, I didn't play at the best clubs or the best academies when I was younger. So I want to experience that, you know, I want, I know there's still another level to this. I, I know there's a lot, like there's a lot of more levels to my game that I could reach. So that's what gets me going, you know, um, I want to, I want to unlock all those like levels in a way and I want to learn a lot more. So that's that's what that's what gets me going at the end of the day that's what gets me going every day during training that's and that's what gets me going every day during game day you know like i just think of the future for a little bit but at the same time keep my head keep my feet on the ground and know that i'm here right now and if i do good right now that will that will get me that will open up opportunities for me later yeah, I like that. I like that you mentioned being a student of the game, you know, constantly learning. That's something that we got to do in life and specifically in soccer. You got to constantly learn, constantly learn. And then what you mentioned about being present, you know, I think a lot of times, yeah, we do. It's good to have goal and aspirations, but I think a lot of times we put our our goals and we leave our head in the clouds rather than focusing on what's going on in the here and now. And I think that's awesome, uh, Jason, that you're, you're willing to put it all on the line. You know, I, I know you as a player, you definitely play um, – your heart out every single game and i know chattanooga is definitely you know they have a special one in you and i, I hope you're able to guide them to a championship and 
kind of mentioned that on the USL League One, USL Championship, are you kind of glad that these leagues are constantly popping up to give opportunities to players like yourself? Yeah, of course. I mean, USL One is actually growing pretty quick. I think it's growing quicker than USL Championship is. I mean, USL One, I don't know if it's been around for like three, four years, I think, barely. And there's a lot of there's a lot of talks and a lot of um, rumors about new new teams that are going to join. I think there's like two, three new teams joining next year, and there's already plans for another two teams for the year after that. So uh, that's good. Um, it gets me excited that there's a lot more opportunities for for the players here in the U.S. because, honestly, there's a lot of talent here in the U.S., and it goes to waste sometimes because I don't know if it's because of opportunity or it's because – they're not put in the right environment at a certain age, but uh, yeah, it does. It gets. It, I'm I'm happy about that. You know, I'm happy that um, USL one USL championship is growing, and that every year soccer in the US is growing as well. You know, it's it's only gonna be better for the US itself, the US soccer itself. So, uh, it's something that I'm in that I'm happy and I'm in favor of. You know. Yeah, that's awesome. And just to wrap up uh, the the episode, what last minute advice would you give to any players that are listening, or parents maybe, or even coaches? Just work. I mean, don't feel sorry for yourself. No one owes you anything because at the end of the day, if you feel sorry for yourself, like people only care so much about you. You know, like someone could give you a hand here and there, but at the end of the day, it's gonna it's got to come out of you. So you just got to be hungry, be, uh, be, be committed to, to being the best version of yourself every day and just getting better every day. You know, if, if you don't look at it that way, I don't, I don't see, I don't see possibilities of, of anybody getting better. You know, like you gotta, you gotta show up every day ready to work and put in the work because nothing happens magically. You know, you gotta put in the work in order for the things to happen. And, that's the way I like to see things. If you put in the work, then you'll be rewarded for it, you know? And like I told you earlier, like, you know when you know when you put in the work and you know when you don't, you know? So everybody knows when they're when they're cheating themselves. So just just focus on yourself and stay in your lane and focus on what's really important, you know? And like um sometimes that's gonna that's gonna take friendships away from you, but you gotta be clear minded and you gotta know what what you what you want to do, what you want to get out of get out of life, what you want to get out of your soccer career. So just focus on yourself, stay in your lane, and just do your thing. You know. Yeah, I like the key aspect that you mentioned on self reflection. Self reflection after the practices, especially. I think a lot of times, as players and myself as a player, you you kind of just go into the training session, you you put in the work, and then you kind of walk out. But I like that you sit and you self evaluate and say. Was it enough? Did I do something to do get better today? And I thought I really like. Um, hey, Jason, I really appreciate it. I kind of want to give you a shout out, though, because if you guys don't know this, Jason Ramos scored a 39-yard banger in one of his games. If you guys haven't seen it, look it up. He made top 10 on SportsCenter, so I know a lot of times he's referred to as Mr. SportsCenter. So we appreciate you, Jason, and uh, congratulations on that. And keep Keep grinding and uh, can't wait to see where your career takes you. Um, if you guys are wondering when the next game is, they played this Saturday, June 26th against Greenville Triumph 
at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So that's 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But make sure you guys keep a tab on Jason Ramos. You're going to hear that name a lot. Uh, thank you. Um, thank you once again. Thanks for having me. And anytime you want to chat, anytime you want to have a little conversation, I'm up for it. Just, just, just give me a shout and, and I'll be down. But thanks for having me once again. Yeah, of course. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to The Soccer Cat. Reach out on social media or via email. Let us know who you want to hear from or topics that you'd like to hear about. Thanks for listening. And as always, who will be capped next? <laughs>